God is good. Good to be here, everybody. So thankful for all your generosity and blessings and kindness. We all serve you with, we serve as unto the Lord, so we'll do it whether you're nice or not. But it sure is better <laughs> when uh, you're called to be a part of a group of people that is that are kind and generous and loving, and uh, and we don't do anything. None of us pastoral staff. We don't do anything for. We're not doing this for benefit. Um, it is not about personal gain at all. It is to do the will of God. We stand before Him, and uh, uh, but at the same time, thank you, thank you for your kindness. Amen? I I think of it like whipped cream. We'll do it whether we have it or not, but I'll sure take the whipped cream. You ever been to a place and you order dessert and they ask you, do you want whipped cream? That is a dumb question. (laughs) What are you thinking? Do I? (laughs) That's all I want. Hey, I want to encourage everybody, if you're not a part of a life group yet, today is the, la- the second and the last week of our life group expo, so make sure you uh, step out in the lobby on the way out and find a good connection for you. I think you'll be better off than you are without it, and you'll be glad that you did. So check them out, find a good group. There's all kinds of different varieties from uh, food to uh, spiritual stuff, <laughs> marriage groups and money groups and all kinds of different uh, healing groups, all kinds of things. So go out there, check it out and connect somewhere. I, I believe you'll be glad that you did. Amen. And of course, we're only a week and a half away from our night of hope, night of hope coming up in a week and a half. Who's that for? Anybody remember? All right. It's, it's not a believer's meeting. It's a, it's a believer with a unbeliever in tow meeting. So we're not just coming for personal benefit and blessing. We're coming because we have a mission. We're on a mission to win the lost at any cost. Praise God. If you have your Bible with you today, go ahead and get it out. Open up your Bible apps. Fire them up. Go with me to the book of 1 Peter chapter 4. If you're new with us, you don't have a Bible or don't really know what a Bible is. Uh, We all used to be there. So sit back. And receive the best that you can. First Peter chapter 4. I started a new series of messages last week. And this series is called Gifted. Gifted. So this is Gifted Part 2. Alright. Best way to hear Part 2 is if you already heard Part 1. Nevertheless, we're not going back. Uh Beginning in verse 7, 1 Peter 4, 7, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Amen. Does that read anyone's mail right there? Say, I have committed a multitude of sins. Well, you don't have to raise your hand since I noticed you didn't. Uh, But thank God for love. Because love covers it, right? Uh, Verse 9, Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. All right? So God's grace is manifold or manifold. 
It's multifaceted. It is, there is a very wide variety of gifts. They are given to us, which is the usage of the word grace there. They are given to us freely. We didn't earn them, didn't, we don't, uh, work for them. He puts them in us. And they are to be used for what? Not our own benefit, but for the benefit of someone else. He gifts you for someone else and gifts someone else for you. And this is the way the body of Christ is designed to work. We're not supposed to be trying to get away from each other. <laughs> We're supposed to try to get close to one another. Make opportunity for connection. Make opportunity for relationships. I know some of you, you don't have to raise your hand. I won't call you out. But you, it, I know how this works at the end of the service sometimes. I, I say amen and you dart. I don't want, you know, maybe it's traffic you're trying to avoid. You don't, maybe you don't want to talk to anyone. I don't know. Some of you, as soon as I close my eyes to pray, you get up and get to your kids out of kids' services. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> we are designed to be together. We have gifts that are to be used for one another. And we can't use those if we're never around each other or if we're just kind of bare minimum, whatever I need to do to scrape by. No, we're supposed to enjoy this. And I tell you, not only is it enjoyable to receive the gifts of God in other people, it's enjoyable to give them, right? Even Jesus said this, and this is a generic giving. Remember, it's quoted in Acts. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, all right? So when we're able to use these gifts for one another, um, we're, we're all better off. I made mention to you last week that God gifts everyone. There are not giftless people in our midst. And those gifts, again, are for the benefit of others. There is another way to say this. There is grace for your place. There's not grace for someone else's place. See, if I want to do what someone else is supposed to do, I don't have grace to do that. Okay, grace, God's influence upon my heart, God's ability working through me. I have grace to do what I'm supposed to do, not what you're supposed to do. And, and, and so if I will um, keep that in mind, I won't be spinning my wheels or be struggling and fighting and be, just feel like a failure because I'm not very good. In other words, an eye doesn't make a good ear. And an ear does not make a very good eye. But if the eye will be satisfied with seeing and the ear will be satisfied with hearing, oh, what a, what a great discovery. Think about what this church can be like if every person functions by the grace of God that's in them. If everyone finds their own giftings and their own abilities and everyone's just kind of in their lane, they're, they're in the zone. Come on, everyone's happier, everyone's healthier, everyone's stronger. There's less annoyance. Sometimes, you know, you get annoyed with people because they're not doing a good job. Well, maybe it's a character issue, but maybe they're out of their place. Maybe they're trying really hard. Maybe they're totally committed and devoted, but they're just in the wrong spot. And so it makes it difficult. If we can find our place, it'll be a good thing. Amen? Also, I want to, rem to, to, to tell you this. We will be rewarded... Not for what we do, but what we do that we're supposed to do. Um, let me say it this way. Diligence is not the same as faithfulness. They're both good qualities. But a, a person can be very diligent and diligently doing the wrong thing. And they complete it. They work hard. They're you know, 
they're faithful in that sense of, of working hard, but faithfulness has to do with being in the right place doing the right thing. Faithfulness has to do with, I've recognized that God has placed within me this ability, this grace, and so I'm going to do that, not something else. Because I can work hard, hard, hard at something else, but again, no reward for that. I can stand before the Lord one day and say, I worked my tail off for you. I worked hard for the kingdom. And the Lord could respond saying, yeah, but I didn't really want you to do that. You spent years doing what I had gifted someone else to do. And that's why you're here early, by the way. Oh, that's a side note. You wore yourself out. You, 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 because you were out of your grace. And sometimes we, we, you know, why do we do that? Sometimes we look longingly at, at someone else and we think about what they're doing. It looks more appealing to us. I'll, I'll come back to that thought in a minute. Um, uh, but faithfulness, again, and diligence are not the same thing. Uh, let me read this 10th verse to you again. 1 Peter 4.10. Uh, this is a, the Passion Translation. It reads, Every believer has received grace gifts. So use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of the many-colored tapestry of God's grace. And so we know this, every single person here is a part of God's many-colored tapestry. Now, now, the grace of God in you is completely obvious to Him. When He sees you, He sees part of Himself in you. And He's delighted with it because He placed you where He wanted you, He created you the way He wanted you to be, and God looks at you and sees part of His own self. His own ability. Now, uh, I think he always sees that. Whether we're doing anything with that or not, he sees that potential, that ability there. Now, we may not see it. Some of us do. Some of us do to differing measures and degrees. But we can. And it really ought to be a goal of ours to see what is obviously the God part of us. The God element. The thing in us that really clicks and really... Uh, functions like it ought to. Again, for whatever reason, there seems to be a tendency for people to look at others and long for what they're able to do. Desire to be like them. Desire to be in their spot. It's the reason we have all this, uh, all these verses that we read last week talking about the ear saying to the eye and so forth. You know, I have no need of you. People seem to get their focus on other parts, other gifts, and then feel, you know, ineffective or deficient within their own, their own self. It's that grass is greener mentality. Always looks better somewhere else. I look at my own life and the grass is dead. Your life, you know, that's where it is. But the reality is from the other side of the fence, your grass looks greener. Yeah, If someone else really looks good in their spot, in their place, doing what they do in their life, uh, that doesn't mean that if I were there, um, I would look good doing it. It doesn't mean I would be fulfilled. In fact, I wouldn't be. They function very well there. I would function horribly there. They have the grace to do it. I don't have the grace to do it. Okay? I, I remember... Uh, years ago, several years ago, I was telling the story in a service about uh, the swing set I built for my daughter. Um, it was it was a bad experience. 
Uh, this swing set was in large boxes. It had more parts than you could possibly imagine. I think the person who created it should be punished. <laughs> you should have put that together in the factory. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm building this for, it's for Whitley. Uh, she's older now. But she'll be here at Christmas, and you should remind her to thank me for that swing set I built. Because it took me three days. There were, and the directions were not clear, not clear to me. <laughs> and anyway, I was telling that story uh, several years ago in a message and how, about my frustration and finally getting it done. And uh, one of the guys in the church, uh, Gene Stewart, uh, he came up to me afterward. And, well, I'm talking about the swing set and all the little parts and the instructions. He's lighting up. He said, oh, I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> he, he, he said, it's like putting, the, putting a puzzle together. And I'm over here spinning, still feeling the recoil of those emotions from many years ago. And while he's lighting up thinking, oh, that sounds great. Let's go get a swing set and put it together. <laughs> now... What's the deal there? He has something in him. Now, you're not going to find swing set grace written in Scripture. But it, nevertheless, it is one. I mean, it's a grace to think like that, to, to be motivated to do those things. He has it. I don't. If I ever find myself in swing set world again, I'm paying him money. <laughs> And happy to do it. <laughs> what? There, again, there's something in him that's not in me. I can be upset about that. I can say, I'm going to be that way. Or I can just appreciate him. He's a valid gift. He's got an ability that I don't have, at least not on that, any, you know, on that kind of level. And, and, and so, uh, what are you good at? Here's what happens sometimes is we think of ourselves and we think... You know, I'm able to do swing sets or whatever. That's just, well, that's just easy. Anyone can do that. That's nothing special. No. There are so many things about your life that you have blown off thinking that's just natural, that's just easy. But it's not easy for everyone. It's easy for you because there is a grace in you. There really is. It is a gift of God that is in you. And you think, well, I've always had that. I know, some of the gifts work that way. Some of them you're born with. But it is God's ability working in you. And what, what we want to do is acknowledge the God origin of it. And think of ourselves in light of Him and say, this is a God thing. This is, this is of Him and it's in me. Amen. Now, I don't, I don't want to go around trying to convince people that I'm gifted. You should never try to convince people. Well, people don't recognize my gifts. Well, maybe there's a reason for that. Sometimes it's because we want something that we don't really have. I don't ever recall, even in, you know, you know my calling because it's out front, but uh, I don't ever recall trying to convince people I was called to ministry or I was a speaking gift. No, really. No, really. God called me to preach. No, seriously. God called me to preach. Give me a microphone, you know. 
I just figure if I'm called to do that and I'm in my place, people are going to be helped. People are going to be saved. They're going to be taught. They're going to be discipled. There's going to be some obvious God elements there. And if that's not there, I should do something else. I wouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, if that's the case, I shouldn't feel bad about it. I shouldn't feel like, ah, I'm nothing because I can't preach. No, thank the Lord that you don't have to preach. And you get to invest your life in something else. Right? And, and I think these gifts, if used properly, if they're really there and they're utilized, they become obvious to people around you over time. Over time. If they're never obvious to anyone else, might be time to reanalyze. You know, I've had different individuals, speaking of spiritual gifts like this, uh, individuals come to me over the years, and one of the first things they do when I meet them is announce to me that they're, they are prophets. Well, you know, I'm a prophet. Oh, nice to meet you. We're non-profit. Uh, <laughs> not in that sense. We, <laughs> uh, we believe in the prophet's ministry for sure. But, you know, you know, red flags go up when someone introduces themselves that way. It's like, okay, good for you. Prophesy away, I guess. <laughs> but why, 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 why do you want to tell me that? Why, why? You're trying to convince me that you are something. I think if you are, you should just be faithful. Do what God has called you to do. And eventually, if that's true, I'll look at you and say, you know, you're a prophet. You're in the prophet's ministry. I can see that all over you, and other people will acknowledge it. How many know it's better that way than trying to put yourself forward as, I'm something great? It, it, it's kind of like the, you know, the, the apple tree in, in the orchard shouldn't have to try to convince the other trees that they're an apple tree. No, really, I'm an apple tree. Well, you don't have any apples, Mr. Tree. So, <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm an apple tree. You're wasting your energy, Mr. Apple Tree, because you either are not an apple tree, because there's no apples, or you just need to wait until the right season comes, and then the apples will start coming out of you. And all the other trees will say, apple tree right there, apple tree. You won't have to convince them. You've got apples all over the place. Yeah? In our lives, what should we do? Be faithful. Be faithful. Serve the Lord with gladness and with all of your heart. Be in the right place at the right time. Do whatever you know to do. In the right time, guess what's going to come out? Apples. <laughs> or whatever. Your gift, it will become obvious at some point, and we should trust in that. Praise God. You know, Paul made this statement has a context to it, but I just want to show it to you anyway. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 7. He wrote, For I wish that all men were even as I myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. He said, I wish everyone was like me, but they're not like me. They all have what? their own gift from God. Now just to give you a heads up, the context there, he's talking about marriage, and he's, he's elevating the value of his ability to be single. Saying, I don't have a whole lot of things to deal with. <laughs> and, uh, and really, he said, he said, nevertheless, he said, I wish you were like me. He says, because he was enjoying it. 
But he said that's not the case. Not everyone has that gift. Not everyone has a, a grace upon them where they can be single. I remember when I was single, I didn't really like that verse. I thought, <laughs> Paul trying to elevate this single thing, and I don't really want to be single. Why didn't I want to be single? Because I didn't have that gift. Otherwise, I would be like, I don't care. I don't, want to, I don't need to be married. But I was the opposite. Like most people are. That's not a, most people don't have that gift, and so that's why they desire to be married and, and, uh, and to have that. But Paul said, I wish you were like me, but you're not. You have a gift from God. I have one like this. You have other kinds of gifts. And these things are from God. They're decided by Him. It's not a grab bag. It's not a, a smorgasbord. It's not a pick and choose. What do you want to be? Would you like to be this? Would you like to be this? I remember in, in Bible school myself, seeking the Lord. What have you called me to do? And I, I looked at the five-fold ministry. You know, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I thought, which one am I? At one point, I had one picked out. Uh, meaning, I knew it wasn't up to me, but I'm trying to find, you know. And honestly, the one I picked out at the time wasn't right. <laughs> Later, it took time. Later, I realized, no, this is actually where my gifting lies. This is actually what God called me to do. And it wasn't what I originally kind of, what appealed to me. That da 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 Meaning I saw some people functioning in that place. And it was, it was appealing. It was desires. I thought, I want to be like that. But later I discovered, no, God didn't make me to be that. He made me to be this. And how many know the acceptance of that is gold? <laughs> It's of such great value when these things happen. Gifts are given. They're not picked. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, real young. I don't remember my age, but I was pretty young. We were uh, having Christmas at my grandma's house. And I was, we were all opening gifts. And I was opening my gift. And when I did, I was very disappointed. Uh, which is a horrible feeling. <laughs> uh, because I opened my gift, and it was like these coloring books and different things. And again, I don't remember my age, but I remember this. I thought that was a baby gift. I thought, I'm older than that. I don't know if I was expecting something. I don't recall that. I just remember thinking, oh, that's kind of a baby gift. And I didn't really want that. And I was wanting something else. And and so I felt bad, and I felt bad about not liking it. And and. and <laughs> You know, and I'm sure I probably needed a spanking. And uh, nevertheless, but it, was, it wasn't up to me. It was a gift given to me by someone else. Uh, and I didn't really want to, I didn't receive it. <laughs> As adults now, there are gifts given to you by God. They're up to Him. What should you do? Receive it. Well, I was thinking more that I would want to do this in my life, or I would want to have this. Well, that's not up to you. Now, this is not a negative, but it is a submissive attitude. It is, Lord, you're going to be the boss. I mean, I made Jesus. Jesus, I made you my Lord. I'm saved. I'm in your family. What do you want me to do? What's really in me? What have you given me? And if my first thought is, eh, knock it off. Say, Lord, you know what? You're right. That is the best gift I could ever have. You know what? I, thank you for that. You've chosen me. You've called me. You've picked me. One of your very own to do something special. And, and, and as, adult, we sh as adults, we should accept our gifts. That's the only place we'll really find true satisfaction. 
The Christian life is not about going around doing whatever we want. It is about following Him. It goes to this. You've heard us say this before. Um, In life, we don't choose what to do. We discover what to do. We, we We have never taught our children, you can be whatever you want to be in life. You know, people think that's a positive. You can do whatever you want with your life. We have always used different language in our house. And that is this. You can do whatever God has for you. You can, dis- you can do whatever God's will is for your life. See, I don't want to raise kids that are self- s- self-sustaining. That are uh, independent of God. No, you can do whatever you want and you can be miserable and fall on your face. Or you can have a heart to all your days seek after God and His will and His plan and be leaning on Him, dependent on Him. And when you discover His gifting in you and His call and plan for your life, you can do that and you can do it well. See, it's not about choosing, it's about discovering. And I think that's a valuable attribute all of us should have concerning our lives. I'm looking, I'm seeking out. I'm analyzing, I'm asking, I'm being led by the Spirit of God. Let me read these couple of these verses to you again. You ready? This is the Phillips translation now. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. It reads, Serve one another with the particular gifts God has given each of you as faithful dispensers of the magnificently varied grace of God. Come on now, everybody. Think of yourself as a dispenser you know you got that little thing and what they call a Pez dispenser does it shoot out the candy is that how it works no it just pops it out and you have to grab it you have to receive it okay (laughs) but you are a dispenser of God's grace that's why we want to be around each other, rub shoulders, have relationships, have contact. Why? Because you get around me, I'm going to go boop. And I'm going to give you something that God gave me. I'm going to speak, I'm going to do, I'm going to act in such a way where you're going to get uh, uh, some of God's grace going into your life. And by the way, I want you to use yours. And everyone else wants you. We're all dispensers of God's grace. Okay? He said, uh, uh, if any of you is a preacher, then he should preach his message. Listen, here, here's the way it works. As from God. Not just as from me, as from I've developed, I've studied, I've, I'm a vocal sensation. <laughs> no, as from God. Uh, watch how this works. And in whatever way a man serves the church, he should do it recognizing the fact that God gives him as his ability. Okay? So that God may be glorified in everything through Jesus Christ. To him belong praise and glory forever. Amen. Here's how this works. If I do whatever I can do in my life as um, recognizing that God gives me the ability to do it, then I won't be praised myself. He said, if you'll do this, He will get the glory. But if I do it, if you do what you can do, and your mentality is, well, I studied. I paid for my degree. I worked hard. I, 
I put the time in, then who gets the glory? And you get the glory. That's where pride comes in. I mean, no, you get lifted up in pride, you get demoted. But you give Him the praise, Him the glory, and you get promoted. So, wh again, what are you good at? There are, th there are things in every single one of us that we're good at, and we haven't even given, given, given it much thought. It's like, well, I just know how to do that. I've always been good at that. I just swing sets. I like them. That's just me. No, that's God in you. You saying God can, likes to put together swing sets? Yes. I am saying that. Do you say God likes to sing? He does. Do you say God likes to uh, build businesses? Yeah, He does. Anything you're good at. You say God is merciful? and Yes, He is. That's why you are. We've all got these deposits of God Himself, His grace in us. And if we'll see it and say, oh, that's a God thing in me. Then He's glorified. Then I take the back seat and say, thank you, Lord. And the gift gets stronger. The gift gets magnified. Everybody okay? Sometimes people think, will I ever find my place? Will I ever, you know, really know what God wants me to do? Well, this whole discussion of gifting what if I don't really know what he has gifted me to do I want you to back up for a moment and think about the character and nature of God would he really put something in you a part of himself his very own grace and one day require you to stand before him and give an account for it if he was going to keep it a secret if he was going to keep it hidden if he was going to put it in such a far away hidden place in your life that you're going to you're going to Search for it and look for it all your days and never find it. How many know if, if you were to play hide and go seek with God, he could win. <laughs> he could keep things completely away from us so we'll have no ability of discovery. Why would he do that? That makes zero sense whatsoever. In fact, I believe he put things on the shelf right in front of us. Huh? I'm not, don't get my, understand, misunderstand my illustration. I'm not saying just read the word and you'll find it. I'm saying he made it obvious to us. Now some of us need to refocus our attention so we can see and recognize it. Uh, but he did make these things obvious to us. What is necessary in us is to have faith in God's faithfulness. He's faithful to get you exactly where you need to be, where you ought to be, if you want to be there. If we don't want to be there, we'll buzz around in circles all of our lives and, you know, never discover our purpose. Here, here's what Paul said uh, when he wrote to the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 24. He said, he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. He is faithful to call you and to bring it to pass. He is the one who... Does it? What's my part? I need to believe in that. That if there's something I don't know, I believe I'm going to know. If, there, if I'm seeing myself in an incorrect light, I have a misunderstanding of who I am and what my gifts are, I believe that God's faithfulness will apply to me and I'm going to get there. I'm going to see it. I'm going to know it. Say, is there anything we need to do? Yes. It's called whenever He 
shows you anything or directs you to do anything, little things, big things, always say yes. Always say yes. The way the kingdom works, kingdom principle here, when there's light that's acted upon, it produces more light. But light that is ignored goes out. Are you with me? Well, it's, it's, I know the Lord has dealt with me. He's told me to do this. And as soon as He shows me a little bit more, I'm going to do that. You're never going to see any more. He is a faith God. And He requires us to take steps of faith. And if I get direction to do something, that what might seem like the smallest thing, the most insignificant thing in the world, it is very significant in part because it opens the next step up. Here's how you find your place. Are you ready? Say yes every time. I don't mean say yes to everybody and everything. Say yes to the Lord. He's not going to tell you to do something new every day. There's not a grand revelation and a grand assignment revealed to every person every day. But on occasion, the Lord will ask you to do something. It might be little steps of obedience. Giving here praying here, doing something for another person here. It might be more grandiose than that. But every one of those little things turns the light on a little bit brighter. And if I have a desire to follow after Him and to be faithful to the gifts that are inside of me, I simply need to obey Him whenever I know it's Him. What if I don't know it's Him? Well, then you're off the hook in that sense. But stay following Him, and you will at times know. You'll know this is God. Man, I need to do this. You be honest with yourself. When you obey, now you took a step in the right direction. Now you're walking in the plan and in your gifting. More light will come. You'll see it clearer and clearer and clearer. Amen. I always want to remember that the gifts of God are subject to the calling of God. Many of you are so multi-gifted, many-colored tapestry. You have a lot, a lot of things you can do, but what did God tell you to do? I, I know uh, I can use myself as an example. I, I have, I have m- some degree of musical ability. I'm not as good as our team up here, but I have some music in me, and uh, and and so I could think, well, I have this gift. I have to use it for the Lord. And I could be up on the stage every Sunday. I did in the early days of our church. I could, I could be up there playing different things. And No, uh, for me, I need to obey God in what He called me to do. And some of those things get put on the back shelf then so I can operate in the higher calling that He has for my life. Does that make sense? And, and so it's not about doing everything that I can do. It's ultimately, I might start there, it's ultimately, Lord, what do you want me to do? Okay, I think about professional athletes. Sometimes there's a window. There's a season. There's a, an opportunity. And you have to be in the sweet spot in order to use what, what you're able to do. How many know a professional athlete, if he says, well, yeah, I'm going to think about that whole you know, football career. Maybe I'll do that in about 10 years. You know, when they're getting out of college. Eh, how many know they probably missed their, their window? Yeah, because... 
there's a time, there's a season to do what you can do. And other gifts, of course, can be used your whole life. Uh, but we are to be, ultimately, what our calling is, is to be faithful stewards of the gifts inside of us. Okay? Uh, Paul told Timothy, let me, let me finish with this. I'm out of time, but we're, I'm coming back again. Unless I'm on the beach, I'm coming back. Again, <laughs> 1 Timothy 4 and verse 14, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given you by prophecy with the laying on of, of the hands of the eldership. In other words, some gifts are imparted through the laying on of hands. Not all gifts come that way. Do you notice what he said to Timothy? He said, Don't neglect the gift given you. You see that gifts can be neglected? It's not an automatic, but just because it's there, it'll automatically be used. No, these gifts can reside in us untapped for many, many years. If a person said, well, I just believe if God wants me to do it, He's going to make it happen. That is a wrong way to think. That's like a person said, I believe that if God wants me saved, He'll save me. No, friend, God wants you saved. He wants you in His house, but you're going to have to say yes. You're going to have to act on this. You know, a person, I believe if God wants me healed, He'll heal me. And if He doesn't, He, don't, he, he doesn't. No, that's not how healing works either. You're getting ready to go to heaven, hopefully to heaven. Because these gifts of God must be believed and they must be received. There is God's side and there is our side. And it comes to all the blessings of God. And it also is true concerning these grace gifts inside of each and every one of us. We recognize them, but then we look for opportunities to use them. Well, if someone asks me to help, someone else me to do something, then I'll do it. But until then, no, until then, you're going to stand before God and give an account for that gift inside of you. Man, is this a heavy way to end? Here, here's my encouragement. I'll come back to this another time. Look for an opportunity to use what's inside of you. You take the step of faith. If you can see, I can do this for God, for people, for the kingdom. I can use this. This is in me. Then you look for an opportunity. Then you take a step forward. Amen. Amen. Everybody